0: Don't just be a part of the industry. Redefine it.
1: Visit cpfcoaching.com for more information. Discover the leader within. Contact CPF Coaching, LLC today and schedule your strategic session. Yes. Yeah. Hey, Security peeps, this is Renee Small here with my fabulous co-host Chris Folon. Chris, say hi to the folks. Hey, everyone. And our amazing special guest today, Greg Vandergast, and he is calling himself, I'm just Greg. (laughs) And Greg has been in the industry much longer than five years, but he is here as one of our special edition guests because he has so much information to pass on to you folks who are trying to break into the industry and Greg, to get us started, I just want to have you share with everyone pretty much what made you interested in cyber, how you got here, and then we'll start our conversation around what folks need to do to um what you think they need to do or where you see the lack in um breaking into the industry.
2: Right. Um I think I I think my starting point was actually the movie hackers. You know? <laughs> I think that's actually. Right, that's because kind of fun, and then I was like, I downloaded Linux at some point, and it was only about six months later until the feds arrived. Oh, <laughs> goodness. Yeah. So, goodness,
1: so you just jumped. I mean,
2: around. It's a very streamlined way of getting into it if you don't mind enclosed spaces and group showers. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I'm sure there's other ways of doing it as well.
3: Boy, times Ooh. have changed.
2: Yes. <laughs> yeah, just a bit. It's like the whole 9 11 thing. It's like all of a sudden terrorism prison. Um Correct. Yeah, after that, just a bunch of like consulting work and then kind of working myself uh, up the ladder, but, but very randomly, I must say. I've, I've even had like multi year pauses from, from this industry because I was just fed up with it. Probably not what people want to hear. Because uh, there's, there's a lot wrong with it as well. Uh, but now I'm back. I've, I've gathered, I've Picked up a lot of stuff along the way. And uh, I've changed tremendously. There's just much better ways of doing it. It can be really, really rewarding. Um,
3: Yeah. And maybe that's one of the reasons that the industry is the way it is, is because of some of those stressors, some of those things that are wrong. So let's work to uh, create good behaviors and uh, competencies for those coming into the industry.
2: Yeah. So what are... Go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I absolutely agree. And I, I often feel like I can't really tell people how to get in because I think the whole market is is very strange, uh, but I, I try to. Well, let me just go back on that in a second. But I do try to tell people like once you're in, you know, keep these things in mind because this will make you stand out and this will allow you to progress. And, and you can and it depends what you want to do. If you want to be like a, a pure tech geek, you can you can do that and just be the best of the best in that really, really narrow area or you can grow into more of a leadership role. The whole, you know, the title of this talk of breaking into cybersecurity, there's a lot of talks and, uh, and conferences about just that. And it just seems, just the title seems ridiculous. I mean, we supposedly have this massive skill gaps of millions of people and everyone's freaking out. And yet you go talk to like young people who are quite passionate about it and really want to get and do that work and no one will hire them. It's, it's ridiculous. I thought you were missing all these people exactly uh, yeah i don't believe there's a skills gap in terms of number of bodies people are so mismanaged uh just treated like drones really like not even performing like to one-tenth of their potential uh really poor leadership and uh the kind of whole approach to security now is so reactive it's all about the detect- detection and response so you need like a hundred SOC analysts because you didn't take an hour to patch your server and it's flying alerts at a rate of a million an hour. Um, So there's, there's way more effective ways of of doing it. The fact is we're not. Uh, So there is a lot of demand. Um, It's just somehow breaking through that. Everyone's kind of lazy and doesn't want to train and mentor, mentor people. So you, they just want people with five years of experience, even though time is not a unit of experience. <laughs> um, because most people, like they get hired, it's like, oh, you're the junior guy. So you're just going to sit there and do spreadsheets and stuff Well, you're not really grown in five years, uh, whereas you can take someone off the street and really throw them in the deep end. And, and within two months, they have learned more than another person has in five years. So time is completely regular. I just hired a 21 year old with two months of work experience total, none in cyber. Mm-hmm. Uh, to handle our entire Office 365 estate with 129,000 accounts and Defender ATP and all the consoles and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I like, Today I was like, I'm going to have to move my desk so I can sit next to him because I'm just going to throw him in, in the deep end. And if he starts sinking I'll catch him. And nice. The speed up and running in a month. I have absolutely no doubt about it. And yeah. it's really cheap to do it that way as so well. He's he's happy to work for a third of the salary that you'd have to pay for this role otherwise. And he's way more eager. So I know within a month, his productivity is going to be higher than someone I would have paid three times as much for.
3: And why do you think other industry leaders aren't taking that tactic?
2: I don't know. I think we're really indoctrinated and we're drinking a lot of our own Kool-Aid, to be be honest. I think we've we've become a... uh, a whole industry of people that know everything but don't think at all almost everything is best practice everything is, is how you do it i think there's a lot of blame culture going on uh, you know everything's the user's fault and the board won't give us this and it's like, well ask yourself why that is there's always uh i, I have this personal rule which i call like the, the frustration rule like if i'm getting frustrated doing something um it's because i'm doing something wrong it's, it's up to me. So I either need to park whatever I'm doing and figure out what's actually causing the friction. And by resolving that uh, first, I then not only do I not have the friction on whatever I was working on, but there's probably 20 other things I need to do later on, but I won't have the friction in any of those anymore either. And you know, sometimes the thing that's causing the friction is, is actually yourself. So you gotta kind of park the ego uh, on the side. I, and I've been doing this for 22 years and I tell people you know, if I go back 10 years. I wasn't absolutely crap. I was that elitist. I know everything. I'm a badass rock star syndrome. All of that. Uh, I think it comes from from having kids and, and wanting to really impart the important things on them. They started kind of putting that towards other people and and reflecting on myself as well. I just think there's so much. Uh, I have the benefit of not having any formal education. I've always just kind of looked at what works and figured it out myself, and I've never been told this works. In fact, when all the kind of compliance frameworks came out, I was like, I felt really stupid, because like, I don't understand how this is supposed to help supposed to relate to the actual technical reality on the ground. It doesn't relate to my specific business. It's so generic, it could be anything. I mean, security is all about these tiny details and how they interact. And here's something that's you know, 30,000 feet in another country. Uh, and it, it just never made sense to me. And I just no, this is the business I had in front of me. Let me think through what we need to do and secure it that way. And I've um, I've worked to this today. I've worked in 6 ISO 27001 uh, 27001 certified organizations. Two of them I was actually one to achieve the certification. I have no idea what's in that standard. I have never <laughs> just went through the business securing things as you know, following the business processes, the data flows, they use the systems they use, how can we secure all of this? And then the auditor comes in. Yeah, you're doing that. Oh, yeah, 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 here you go.
0: Two, um, I, mean,
2: I I mean, certification In two weeks. Wow. After two years of effort putting in a program, right, based around the business, and it's if it's aligned with the business process, the security actually gets followed. It's not like eleven months of whatever, and then oh crap, the auditor's coming next month. Quick uh, update documents that make it look like we've done stuff, and, and just strike some stuff off the risk register. Bullshit. Sorry. Yeah. Pg
1: thirteen. Um, not really. It's a uh, it's grown yeah. up in the room, so we can do our thing here. Yeah. You make some uh, such.
2: I, I, I want to go back to. I I did the exact same talk in person a couple of weeks ago, and I just went off on a rant, and I ended up not helping people wanting to get into things. Right? I wrote an article in the morning, like, sorry guys, I should have said these things. Um, no, it's so
1: frustrating. I, I mean, I feel your pain because Chris and I, the reason how we ended up starting this is because we were both getting bombarded by people begging to get in an industry, which yeah. again, I'm thinking is ridiculous because I was completely shocked. You know, I am getting these emails, I'm getting these pings on LinkedIn all of these young like you said young people with master's degrees in cybersecurity and what have you and they're telling me that they can't break in they can't get a job i'm like what do you mean there's all these 2 3 million jobs that are open and you know they need people the industry needs people and so as from coming from a recruiting perspective typically an organization isn't going to bring me in to hire some entry level person like i thought those entry level people were just getting funneled in and then as i pull back the curtain I'm 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 just like flabbergasted, just like you. Then on the other end of the spectrum, we're talking more CISOs and more CIOs, and learning as we talked about a few minutes ago before the recording started, is that you know they some of the struggles are you know they don't have the budget, they don't want this, they you know the turnover is so fast. So if a CISO is turning over in eighteen months, they can't even think about bringing in somebody and to train them up because they won't even be there <laughs> a couple months later. So I, I think-
2: like once, once you reach that CISO level, like it's on you, it, yeah. it's really on you, like it's for you to have the communication skills, the strategy, uh, the technical understanding, I mean, that that's just completely on you. I mean, the, the role I have now, um, when they were hiring was just for like a around the mill information security manager, and I went into the unit, and I was like, oh, you guys need a full on program, this is what you guys need to do this, 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 this. And, you know, they hired me in 10 days. And uh, you know, two months later, I'm having board meetings and uh, one on ones with the CEO. And you know, if you, if you communicate and you have a clear strategy, and they trust you, uh, and you make it relatable to them, uh, it's, it's not that difficult. And you just don't sweat the, the small stuff prioritize. Uh, I've got, you know, laughable resources, like laughable. I mean, I'm talking to people who've got like 100 times the resource I have for like a similar size of state and not 100, but at least 10 fold. Um, you just prioritize and then, okay, I'm, a lot of this stuff I'm not even going to deal with, we're going to do the extremely critical stuff. Uh, anything that's not worse than what we have now, that's fine, that can go in, we're going to focus on what's coming in the pipeline because what this is a three to five year program by then all this crap will be end of life and just drop off the table. And we'll have focused here with minimal resources, but just to make sure everything new is, is good. It'll just kind of replace everything. Uh, instead, of, instead of firefighting everything, just concentrate on what's coming out of the production line is fireproof. Uh, and you just have to, based on the resource you have, you just have to create you know, your own priorities and your own approach. Every single company business uh, is different, which is why I really hate best practices, because it cannot possibly be the best approach for you in your specific situation. Um, yeah, I, I just really think that CISOs need to own that stuff.
3: So how would you um, want to train those coming into the industry to start thinking strategically like that from their first role so that they can they can have those skills and competencies by the time they get to that level?
2: Well, I, I simply just involve them in everything. I mean, there's no reason. First of all, I, I choose candidates on, on Affinity. Uh, I was saying... You know we've got this uh, he's going to handle our entire 365 estate from a security perspective and he's got you know some windows skills and this and that but he actually has absolutely zero zero 365 experience he's a bright kid 21 years old and i know i can drop like five azure books on, on him and he'll read them in two weeks and, and he'll be good to go um but uh I will still involve him in everything make him understand, you know, you are this and this and this piece of the puzzle of this bigger picture. Um, And if I've got any spare capacity at all, it's like, come into this meeting with me, just maybe shut up, but come into the meeting. And I've got (laughs) absolutely no problem doing that. And if, if they see that, because I think most people, when they start out, they manage to get into cyber or or any industry, really, we we only really know what we know. that their managers only give them like the menial tasks that their manager knows they can handle without any supervision All right. give them real serious work
1: mm-hmm. you know,
2: chances are they'll only need your help 10 percent of the time and you know maybe 20 percent of the time at the beginning it's going to get less and less and less and then they're actually doing real serious heavy lifting for you why and, and they're growing in the process so it's it's fantastic and within you know i've no doubt that within three years, I could train someone up to be probably better than most CISOs out there. Uh, really senior thought-wise, because you know, it, it takes you years to, to figure things out, to realize stuff. It takes you a lot less time to pass that on um, Yeah. go grab all the garbage. It's been, I've done a lot of garbage, and I'm trying to do good stuff. Do
1: you yeah, think? I, just, I
2: just think it's uh, human potential is so untapped. Um, nobody asks why nobody's addressing root causes, uh, fortunes on tooling and and staffing. Uh, There's so little stakeholder engagement. Uh, You know, find go talk to everyone in your business be be I'm very strategic about communication, in the sense that I'm just really, really nice to everyone. And I don't, I do not ask ever something from anyone. If I don't know them, if I've not done something for them, if I have not bought them a cup of coffee, if I don't have a relationship with them, I do not ask anything else. Always establish the relationship first. This will pay back in effort a thousand fold. You cannot even believe to begin how how important that is. And people just wanna collaborate with you. Most security people hide in their security department and then they they come out when they're needed and act like the Gestapo. And there's no emotional investment of, on the parts of people in, in security. Like I, I introduced myself as a security person when I first start in places and people like literally one in two people, they actually recoil when you, they see you how know, <laughs> our reputation is. That's how like how bossy we are and arrogant. And you ever you ever see like a few security people in a room like in a conference room and it's just the security people and they're just talking crap about management and the board and the users and how dumb they are. And this, What's with that negative mentality? I mean, I mean, you don't know how to set up a web server and a, and a SAP estate and this and that. That's their job. Security is not their job. You know, they're being chased by their boss to deliver like 50 different things. Security is number 47 on the list. They're not going to get to it. They're doing all kinds of other stuff. Appreciate that they're doing all of that. Your job is security. If they did that, you wouldn't have a job. So be happy with that. Um, Do you is- think
1: there are any... Do you think there are any companies for the people who are trying to break in, you know, any industry, since you've been in a, you've been in the game for 20 over 20 years, are there any types of either industries, companies, sizes of companies that you think are good places where a young person, like the person that you just hired should, you know, target themselves, point themselves to?
2: I I don't know that there's any specific industries. I think, uh, unfortunately, it, it depends hugely on who your boss is, and your, your direct manager will make such a. And you can be in a terrible company. You're better off working in a terrible company for a good boss than for a bad boss in a great company. <laughs>
0: uh, yep,
2: because um, that that's what's going to make the difference. There are I I do want to say there are more and more companies like I know like uh, Raytheon and. Uh, BAE systems and, and stuff. A lot of them have like apprenticeship programs and stuff. Because a lot of these very big industrial, uh, they've got big socks. Uh, they're always looking for talent. Uh, I don't know, like the BBC or the UK, um, they're quite good with their uh, their placement years and their security interns.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, they're probably good places to go looking. Uh, get yourself in there. If you're still in university, Get involved in the university. Universities are always understaffed. Go talk to them. Do some forensics work. Do some 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 uh, help them with physical audits. Just walk around. Do uh, the odd uh, you know a project where you red team something. Just just get anything. Do anything to help to get on your resume while you're still in in university. That will that'll help you once you once you get out.
3: I was about to ask you, what's your take on apprenticeship programs? Because they use it in many other industries, but it seems like um, IT in general, uh, much less security, is one of those fields that don't, don't even consider it.
2: Why Why would you say that? Labor.
3: Yeah, I mean, based on my experience, um, I haven't seen many companies that have, I mean, they'll do internships but very lightly um, but I think an apprenticeship program coordinated with a school that you combine on-the-job learning with a tailored educational program um, is a is a great way to build the pipeline um, for example my brother's in the electrical field and th- he has to go through a, a five-year program to become a, a journeyman and it requires um, I think like three or 4,000 hours of work plus schooling um, and overtime doesn't count kind of thing, like regular good, good old-fashioned work with that schooling in order to, to get that level of experience that you need to get that certification or that grading.
0: Right. To
1: add to Chris's point, I think in the US, like in a, I think in Europe, you're, you guys are just so much further ahead. In the US, you don't, you totally do not see it as much. In terms of like in IT. In
2: terms of internships.
1: In terms of, in terms of apprenticeships in technology. Yeah. There's there's a, there's a new, um, relatively new program right now in the, um, in this current administration with the Department of Labor trying to pump out more apprenticeships in um, IT specifically in cybersecurity, Chris and I are in the DC area, so we're seeing it a little bit here. And then partnering with the local community colleges and what have you now. Um, I think like for example, one of the ones that we have that's close by uh, is Amazon Web Services. I know it's partnering with like Northern Virginia Community College, but it's so it's it's almost like a brand new thing in the cybersecurity space in the United States, which to Chris's point, you know, I think I think you guys just have it so much more. I think you're just much more advanced than we are
2: say that but then when we see the salaries they pay in the states we're all like damn <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so well, like 250k I'm like yeah I want that <laughs> yeah um, yeah I don't know I mean I as a, as a I don't know the US market but as a general rule I would say um, do everything you can do not just what you're being paid for uh it may be worth it to just work for free to be honest um, um, for example i i like to hire very junior resources for for a number of reasons it's not purely financial um i find that we again we're such an indoctrinated industry and there's so much negativity if i get like a a seasoned you know five or ten year experience it takes me a long time to de-indoctrinate them, to get them back up to their potential, because just, they've just just gotten used to working at this kind of common, you know, lowest common denominator level. Um, whereas if you get someone young who's still eager, you just tap into that. You make them work at that level, and they stay there. Uh, I, I think... Like, once you have, like, a period of tremendous growth, why would you go back to stagnating if you realize just how big your potential is? Um, that said... I can hire people for less than half what the market rate would be for the position because they know, hey, I'm just starting out. I'm making 20 grand a year. Uh, And whether I do nothing or work my ass off, I'm going to make 20 grand a year. It it doesn't matter because I'm 20 years old. That's what they are paying me. But if I work their ass off, three years from now, they're going to be worth 60 grand a year. And they're making the same money now, but they're getting all this experience because they're actually working their butts off. It's it's a works good workload, but it's more about working smarter at a, mm-hmm. a more mature level than than just working ridiculous hours and stuff. Um, but they understand that I have that there's that payoff in the end. And I tell them, this is a quite another kind of negative thing about the industry. Like people are like, yeah, but what about retention? You're training all these people, you're putting all this effort in, and then you know, what's, what's, how are you going to retain them? Like, I'm not, that's fine. I mean, in three years time, I'm like, I, I, I've told them already, I expect you to be gone in three years time because you're going to be, you're going to be so advanced, so good that it's stupid. You know, I'm going to be able to pay you 25 and you could be making 50, 55, 60 elsewhere because of the level of of experience and capability you have now. Or just find another one train them up in a month and to do the basic stuff and, and keep going. Um, And that means I can actually have quite cheap labor and it's, it's really satisfying personally to help and and mentor these, these Mm young people. And it saves you a ton of money. I mean, I've got, I got budget to hire one person and I'm hiring hiring three people out of it. Yeah. And, and other than that initial investment, which is actually quite enjoyable uh, because, you know, I look at it, I'm 80 years old on my deathbed. I'm not going to be thinking back about, Oh, how many boxes I, I configured and hard. No, I mean, we be thinking about how many people that I developed that I grow, you know, how many people that I help with all that. Uh, and it's just, it's hugely rewarding personally, which is something that's really missing in IT and tech in general. We're just dealing with boxes all the time. It's just, it's just not fulfilling. Let's face yep. it, more people tech are in it. Unless you really love the tech, so many of them are in it just for the paycheck. Yeah. Are you in IT? Oh, because there's lots of jobs that pay well. Uh, I love going to work now. I really, really love going to work, which is you can tell. Like I used to like rock into the office at ten o'clock because I just couldn't be asked to get out of bed. <laughs> put at five thirty, I was I was in the office quarter to seven, ready to roll. So uh, yeah, I so I, I I really advise people like it, it doesn't matter if you can live off the salary as if it. Provides you the opportunity to do a lot, and to build up your, uh, you know, your knowledge and your skills and your capabilities and stuff. Do it, just do it. But there's mm-hmm. people that pay money to have one third of as much growth in school. So you're actually getting, you're still getting paid here, and you're growing even better. So it's, it's totally. Yeah. But I think so much of the, the current issue is also on the side of of the hiring managers. I mean, if, uh, I, I like to see the potential in people. And there's a pro and a con to that, actually. The, the good is like I could just grab someone off the street who's who's eager and put them to work, and I'm fine with that. And, and I get great results out of that. The problem is I get such good results that I need very, very few of them. So I can only help so many people directly. so I really hope that there's other people out there who uh, do the same thing. because really it's it's to your own benefit as a you know, as a head of or a CISO. Um it's It's not sustainable because eventually everyone will try to do it and you won't you won't be able to. But right now, so much of the market is so foobarred that you can be that one percent. And until things even out a bit, you can just of really have a, a massive advantage out of that.
3: Um, but back to your earlier point of um, indoctrination within the industry, um, that's one of the things that Renee and I talk about all the time is that we need that diversity of thought, not just that experience to come in to look at things with a fresh eye, to come from a different perspective, um, a salesperson, a marketing person, uh, a librarian, a um, to to have that different approach to solve creatively solving the problems that exist, and not just the same old approach that everyone else knows.
2: I think I think that's a really good point. I again I, I, I had a, a talk about starting out in cyber a couple of weeks ago. It was a mixed crowd, maybe about sixty people, uh, and there were maybe half of the uh, ten that were like really new in in uh, to the industry. And I kept it very open-ended. I wanted to just have a conversation. And one of the things I noticed is I spoke to all the people trying to get in like one-on-one at the end. Uh, But during the actual talk, they didn't make themselves heard. They were shy. They were kind of insecure about it all. And I feel like a lot of these young people that may have fresh points of view and fresh ideas, they don't actually start talking until it's too late. Until they feel comfortable. Oh, I'm just like them now. I feel comfortable speaking. Whereas I think we really need to to help them like be confident and like you know what you've got an idea and you think it's a crazy idea. It's it might just be a really good one. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, we have to then we have to listen. You can't be like a boss who just negates people because they have have no experience or or dismiss them. And you know maybe one of their ideas isn't a good idea. That doesn't mean they're an idiot one idea that's not particularly good but it's always worth your time to listen to it yeah and explain to them why it's a bad idea. um yeah that, that thought diversity is i think it's being stifled by that vaccination um i don't i don't really believe in the whole gonna sound terrible. i don't believe in the diversity frames right now uh, if you're a woman, and if you're a religion, you're that doesn't necessarily mean that you have different thought diversity.
0: Mm-hmm. In fact,
2: we're trying to get you know, the women seems to be the one group where we're really pushing to get into cyber, and we're indoctrinating the crap out of them to bring them in. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was hosting a dinner on Monday night at a conference, and I was in a room with. I want to say 19 guys and 19 middle-aged white dudes.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: There was one woman in there and she left the room at some point. I found out she went to the organizers like, it's getting really heated in there. There was not <laughs> you know, 19 middle-aged white guys, but not a single one of them could agree with each other of what was more important to so you, do what you do and what you should, your president should be. So, We're definitely not all the same. (laughs) Um, It's so funny. Because everyone was indoctrinated in their own way. It's like, well, I work, you know, in the cloud space, so cloud is the answer. And I work this, that's the answer. And and a few people are quite, are are very open-minded. And I always listen to people that I've I've yet to meet. There are people who I disagree with, like, strongly, uh, but I'm still going to pick up a slight bit of insight or even if they're completely wrong and i know factually that they're completely wrong <laughs> i'm learning how to deal with that situation right mm-hmm. i'm learning that you know what there are people that see things this way how do you address that when one pops up yeah you can always take something away um, i think people really need to be objective and and try to you know who gives a crap if someone's trying to step on your ego? you you got to have that strategic mindset of, you know what? He, he stomped all over me. He thinks he's better than me, blah, blah, blah. But I've got my strategic goal in mind. He thinks he won and he's the big boss and big man, whatever. But strategically, I just made some progress toward my goal, which has nothing to do with it.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: so keep, keep that forward thinking going. It is really important in a management or leadership role. Um, <laughs>
1: It's, to your point
2: i'm not that technical anymore so i don't really know what to um because everyone that's young is, is entering kind of a technical level i think
1: not necessarily you know to your point you made a couple of really really great points there um it's funny i had a conversation with someone recently about the diversity of thought and, and i brought up the say i was like yeah you know i could be talking to two I, I said the exact same thing two middle-aged white guys and don't we be saying something completely you know it's just like two different worlds and everyone kind of looks at the surface. Everyone's looking at the surface level, gender level, rate, you know, that kind of thing. And there's so much more. But I think as an organization, as a people, as everything, you just have to be so much more mature in in that space. Um, and when I say mature in that space, I mean, like, to your point, understanding, you um, being okay with someone stepping on your ego, being okay with like, okay, I had this strategic obje- objective. This yeah. is what I'm going to get done. And I can look at, you know, two people that look exactly the same on the surface and realize like, oh, one was homeless and has this whole different perspective and one grew up in a mansion, you know, like there's so yeah. many layers to that. Yeah. Um, when you talked about the leadership part, and I think that with young people and people as a whole, making them feel comfortable, anybody entering into any new space, I think is just going to be nervous and, um, you know, insecure just as a whole and just making these people feel comfortable. I mean, we did recently, Chris and I were talking about this because we try to promote as many, you know, young people, new people. And when we say young people, we mean early career talent, meaning people that are either transferring into the, into the, um, into the field from something else. So they could be 40 years old or whatever, but they're just new to security, new to this industry. And um, one of the things that I asked them to do is right, like do a little video of yourself. Like take a selfie, a selfie video and say, what makes you awesome? And I gave a bunch of different questions that you could answer to make it like easy to do. And you would be surprised at all of these people. Like I got like a hundred and something people that said, yeah, I wanted to, you know, I want to be a part of the challenge. And then I had probably, I don't know, five people that actually did the little selfie video. And so I thought about the apprehension around doing this little video where you have something to say, you went into the industry, you know, you have this great, you have great experience, even if it's not a ton of experience, but you're just so uncomfortable. So he and I, you know, we were talking about the fact, like, maybe we bring them on the show and do like these little two minute Q and A's. And maybe that'll make it more comfortable because, when you hear somebody in person, you know it's one thing to have like a picture and, and a resume. It's a different ball game to to be able to promote yourself and do that two minute, mm-hmm. one minute, two minute kind of like elevator speech. But it goes back to making you know the folks like us who have the either the platform or the leadership, um, you know, flexibility and stuff like that to make these people comfortable with. Being able to express ideas. And yes, some of them will be crazy ideas, and then some of them are going to be awesome. And it cra- some of the craziest ideas, as we now know, Amazon, like who's yeah. going to be ordering books from a- online <laughs> in 1995? <1995.
2: laughs> it's, it's so, I think it's really important. I mean, if, I, if I do have to give advice, I'm like, be vocal, or just, just really, really be vocal for all the reasons you just said as well. But you no, know, so. Okay, you're you're new to it. You probably don't have much to add from a, a technology or a compliance or or this or that. But you know what? You're you're currently you're in a situation, you're frustrated with it. Do that. I mean, just just talk about that. Talk about, you know, your your experience and do do some research of why is this happening? Because you're you're experiencing a problem and you may that sh- you should be passionate about that problem because it's holding you back. And you know, maybe you'll write a very, very interesting article about how frustrating it is when you're this motivated, this skilled, blah, 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 and you're you're experiencing these completely artificial barriers. And that's something you can write about and you express yourself. And that gets noticed. Mm-hmm. And that, that'll get you noticed. And then eventually someone like me is gonna be like, Who's this really passionate person complaining about all this stuff here? Yeah. And from their article, I can actually see all oh, they, they've thought about how this. Why is this happening? They, they've actually done some research as to well because of HR process and, per, and perception and this and that, um, and that shows to me that you can think and that you you're passionate and that you're motivated, care about your you know your Linux skills or whatever. Like to me, that's a really really good starting point. And there uh, are people, you know, I, I got asked to do that talk a couple weeks ago. I, I just got before go another talk yesterday. It was an event yesterday. Uh another talk tomorrow, another mentorship call on on Friday. Like there are people like us that just really genuinely want to help. Um it's just like you you gotta get yourself out there and you gotta get yourself noticed. Uh use LinkedIn like a maniac. I've been on LinkedIn for as long as I can remember. I mean i my current account I've had it since 2012, I think. So like seven years. And I, I had another account before then. Um I didn't really use it until late last year. If I'm honest, I think I had like 500 connections. I got seven and a half thousand. Um, so I didn't put content out. Once I started doing that, uh, things really, really picked up for me. And now I'm, I'm literally, you know, in, in the span of six months, I think I've got like seven or eight talks and, and 20 plus podcasts. Uh, it, it you, you got to put time into it. You got to you got to build up your online presence, your brand. Uh, it's really important to get noticed. Uh, and who knows, you, you might just become self-employed. I mean, if you're vocal enough and you've got good ideas, people will notice you, you can contract yeah. uh, you yeah. your own business. Uh, there are other ways of doing it.
3: In, in addition to being vocal, I think um, you also need to be able to summarize what you're being vocal about to tailor your message to your audience because speaking to the engineers, you want to have one message speaking to your manager. You want to have a different message speaking to the CEO. You want to have a slightly different message. So you you need to be able to summarize what you're passionate about and tailor your message to your audience. And I think that communication skill is something that uh, a lot of people overlook when they're entering the industry.
2: Yeah you know what? And I think, I think it's a skill that's missing in the industry, you know, even by the people that are already in there. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's shocking how, you know, you get told, oh, so, such. you start and then you're, you're told by the security people, they're oh, they're blockers. And then this person is really difficult to work with and this and that And you just go out and you build those relationships and within you know, a week they're at your desk almost every day saying, hey, smiling, talking. <laughs> right. They're, it's like, yeah, they, they come to you to report and flag stuff. They're like, well, yeah. why did these people ever think these people were blockers?
1: Like, be a human. Like, <laughs> be a human. Yeah,
2: um you, like you know, the security police, and that's just a terrible <laughs> thing. Like that. But yeah, that, that communication, and how, how many tech people, like, they get to a, a head of or a CISO position, and they go in front of a boardroom, and then they just rant about tech for five minutes, and the board just like, and then they get frustrated so
1: yeah yeah it's, it's, it's huge I think it think is it. it is chris Sorry, chris roberts i mean i feel like every time i read like out of i don't know every once every two weeks he posts something about community. <laughs> like it's like the same thing over and over and over again because it's so important and i wanted to add all of you chris's so chris Folon, he is the poster child for getting into the industry and just jumping on LinkedIn and doing exactly what you just said. And he's sitting on podcasts and people are like, wait a minute, you haven't even been in the industry that long. Like you just, I was listening to a podcast that he did that he was the, um I didn't even know that. Yeah. That he, he was like, he was the guest. And they're like, you know, this guy's really impressive and he hasn't been in the industry for that long, but blah, 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 you know, and it's because of being able to put yourself out there, synthesize, um talk about the different podcasts and he and I met because I put up a LinkedIn post, he responded, we connected and like here we are a year later during this di- one year anniversary of breaking into cyber security and you know any young person or person and as a whole try to break in to your point could do exactly I mean, that.
2: If, if I post a job I'll get like a bunch of applications and I, I have some understanding for HR because the <laughs> you get are absolutely absurd. Like, I just had posted, like, was basically a security analyst type role. And I got like a, a maritime security operator, some CCTV camera operators, security guards, bodyguards. <laughs> like, hey, defense, but come on. Uh, I got one from a baker um, and a couple, you know, from India and California. It's like an entry level role in the university. Um, so, so there is that, but if I do get a resume in front of me, and just back to your point, Renee, it's so hard to tell anything from the resume. I mean, for me anyway. I mean, some people are just. One of the things I like to do is build roles around people. I've got like a massive laundry list of things I need done. Um just you know what, this person would be great. You can probably do seven or eight of those things that I of those hundred things I need done. It's you know. Number 23, 17, 47, blah, 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 blah. You can do these seven things, and I will craft a role around you and, and get that done.
3: And I think candidates can, can take that uh, direction as well, is that they can scope their own role. They might have been brought in to do number 17, but they could do 22, 43, and 72 as well.
2: Yeah, there's nothing stopping you from, from doing that. I'm actually remind you about that. Um, there's so many people in security, actually, I'll do it now. There's so many people in security who they say, oh, we can't do that, we can't affect change because oh, you know, it's it's the org structure or this or that. Like, influence does not limit itself to your org structure. I mean, there are there's cases where one of the senior executives at Frito lay was a janitor, and he just managed to talk to the CEO one day and give him an idea, and he was mm-hmm. one of the best selling products. And it, it's, it's that, you know, you can go and, and talk to someone who's not in your department who doesn't report to, you know, short of the COO, you've got no common reporting structure whatsoever uh, and build influence and help each other out and just have human, yep. you know, it's like merging into traffic. You've got a complete stranger. You could be a dick and just kind of shut it off <laughs> or you can just wave them to you and they're like, oh, it's the the thank you, and they get in. <laughs> and then... When you need to merge back in in front of them 200 yards later, they're more than happy to let you back in. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a very simple analogy.
3: So uh, Greg. Um,
2: the um, point, the, when I do get a resume, it's so hard to get to understand anything from the resume, to be honest. It's, it's just words. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I first thing I do is like punch in their name on LinkedIn and like, if you have a profile, you're already far more likely. If your profile is good, I will put far more weight on your LinkedIn profile and see, you know, cause it's, it's interesting to see how I can see your posts and I can see your activity and how how you've responded to things and how you've engaged people. And, and it's articles that you've written and stuff that you've content that you've posted or videos that you've made. That tells me so much more about you than your resume. So it's really, really important. I I don't even maintain a resume anymore. You know. it's, it's just not, you know. nobody does. Yeah, no executives
1: yeah. that I'm dealing with have resumes. They're like, go to my LinkedIn profile. Like, why? Yeah, <laughs> you can just Google a person's name. And
2: everything well, is there. You got my picture. You can see my activity. Yeah, you can see everything. It's interactive. It gives so much more depth and perspective.
3: So wow, time time really flies, Greg. Um, I was going to ask you, uh, we wanted to ask you one more question. We got to um,
1: bring you back. This is too <laughs>
3: good. <laughs> I know. Usually we, we only go for a half hour. We're already We're like approaching 45 minutes. minutes. Oh, God. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> so if you had to give one piece of sage advice, or just one, um, to someone coming into the industry, what would it be?
2: Be hungry. Be really, really hungry. Because no matter what, you face if you're hungry enough, um, you'll get through it. But you also you it, you gotta have that hunger, and you gotta be willing to take a step back and see what the problem is when you do hit a wall. And sometimes it's you, and that's what you gotta work on. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I do. I, you know, go go watch some Les Brown videos to motivate the crap out of yourself if you need. thank uh, you
1: so much greg (laughs) this has been awesome we have to bring you back thank Uh, you again chris thanks for setting this one up and we will get another breaking into cyber special edition coming soon because this has been fun
3: yeah thank you so much greg
1: Cheers. thanks guys take care
0: in the rapidly evolving world of cybersecurity, your business needs a guide that's as dynamic as the threats you face. CPF Coaching LLC delivers unparalleled expertise to elevate your cybersecurity startup or business